0: It's a place to hang out, and I think those kinds of spaces, they're pretty new, uh, but those are the places that we're going to see brands really find a great foothold. Hello
1: everybody, welcome back to this week's edition of the Campaign Mode podcast, and thank you for being there, it's nice to see you. I appreciate you uh, listening or watching. My name's Dan Bennett. The Campaign Mode podcast, if you're new here, uh, thank you for joining if you're Mm -hmm. new here, appreciate it, is all about the world uh, that happens that exists at the intersection between gaming and brands. How brands can work with games and gamers and uh, how gamers should think about working with brands and professionalizing what it is they do uh, as a passion. So on today's show, without further ado, we have Aaron Rutledge. Aaron is a user experience league at Respawn Entertainment and he's, specifically responsible for the hugely successful uh, world famous apex legends game so we talk a lot about apex we get into uh, what respawn is doing and what they might be have coming up and aaron also aaron has a background similar to me he has a brand background Um, he's always been in the technology and user experience side of that business and he pivoted a few years ago into the gaming world and has worked for some big some heavy hitters in the gaming space so interesting uh, uh, interesting background perfect for this show uh, not only does he have a great background, he's a really interesting really smart bloke so difficult for you know someone like me to keep up with him honestly uh, but we get into various things one of the things we talk about a very interesting perspective on the idea of a third place a third place being not home not work but a place that you go to see friends to socialize to do the things that uh, and talk about the things that you love and how gaming, especially right now, falls squarely and firmly into that space and how important it is to think about gaming uh, in that way and how we need to be responsible when you think about it in that way, how it's more than just entertainment. It's a place where people go to connect. Uh, But but Aaron gets into that more in the conversation. So without further ado, uh, I'll come back for some uh, uh, chit-chatty waffle at the end, some housekeeping stuff, but uh, I'm going to hand over now to uh, the Zoom version of me, the Zoom version of Aaron Rutledge, uh, I hope you enjoy.
2: Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Aaron Rutledge. Hello. Hey, bud. How are you? Well, oh, very good, man. All the way from sunny California. Now, uh, I wanna, I wanna uh, say thank you for coming on, on the podcast. Oh, and I'm gonna do a, a very quick intro. Now, Aaron is the uh, user experience league on the world famous Apex Legends game. But what we usually do at the beginning of the podcast is uh, I'm going to throw over to you for a couple of minutes uh, just to get your the five-minute hour in Rutledge. Give us some background, let us know how you got to where you are now, and then, and then we'll dive in.
0: Sure. So, um, you know, I grew up playing games. I think I got my first game console when I was four or five. I started with an Atari 2600 back when I was really little, too, too little to even read the text on the screen. Um, And then ultimately that led me to studying computer science and graphic design. I was always into computers. I've always been an indoor kid. Um, Then when the first kind of web explosion hit, like in the late nineties, I found myself in New York working at um, agency.com, which was one of the first big uh, kind of digital shops. And that sort of bridged me over from engineering and programming into advertising, like working with brands, working on products. Um, and it actually brought me into interface design. You know, that, that was where I cut my teeth on interface design. Um, I hopped around New York a bunch from a couple little startups. I did a lot of little product designs. Um, then in 2007, um, a couple friends of mine and myself started the New York office of Poke, which was a kind of post web 2.0 agency based out of London. Um, great agency work, worked alongside mother um, so we opened the new york office there and did some really awesome bizarre everything you can think of uh, interactive fun fun work um, and then i kind of hit the hit the kind of end of five or six years with poke and really felt like i needed to make a move into games there's no real game development or design that happens in new york um, so i up and moved to la Um, where I joined Riot, uh, Riot Games, and I worked on League of Legends um, as their lead UX designer on League of Legends. Um, That game kind of had this interesting point where it hooked in a lot of social with a lot of gaming because it was like always online, very, very high uh, community interaction, right? So a lot of my stuff from advertising and social worked really well there. did that for a few years. I tried my hand at a big AAA game. I worked on Black Ops 4 for a little while. Um, really not for me. I don't like the boxed product AAA, kind of release a game every three years kind of schedule. I really like like the web, like everything is a live constant evolution, right? So live services um, are more my style of game. Um, and then I joined Respawn in the end of 2018 um, before Apex Legends was announced um, to join, you know, what was internally the Titanfall team, but to build this new online free to play battle Royale set in the Titanfall universe. Um, and I've been, uh, having fun ever since.
2: So, uh, you and I know each other from ye- years when we may have been less gray in New York, oh, working, yeah. in the, yeah, <laughs> working on that, working on the brand and advertising side of things. Um, and what's fascinating, having known you back there certainly known your experience and expertise in um, You know, user defi- user experience user interface, those types of things uh, to see the reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast is to pick a little bit at that that intersection of uh, Gaming as a platform and experience a vocation for many certainly a passion for many and then how brands play a role and how, how brands and business, uh, to some extent, can and should be playing a role in those worlds. But before we dive a bit further into that, for those of the, our listeners that are not as experienced with, maybe experienced with Apex, but perhaps not as experienced with Respawn, what's the skinny on Respawn? So I know you guys are a part of EA, uh, certainly Titanfall are big titles come out prior to, to the Apex world, but um, what's Respawn up to generally?
0: Yeah, so the, the core of Respawn has a really awesome pedigree um, where kind of the, a, a tight group of people there have been making games together for the better part of two decades now. Um, you know, there, there are some early people who worked on the original Medal of Honor franchise, which was um, the, one of the first World War II first person shooters. Then that team, by and large, created Call of Duty um, with Activision. Um, there was a bit of a falling out with Activision around the direction of the franchise and the, that core team left and founded Respawn um, with a, a, a fairly public lawsuit and a bunch of things that happened between Activision and, uh, and that, that team. Um, but they founded Respawn to really just focus on doing the kind of games that they really like to do, like redefining combat, redefining first person narrative, um, really focusing on feel stuff like that, um, and so they did Titanfall and Titanfall Two. Um, I think a couple years back now, um, the studio was acquired by EA, but is by and large just left to its own devices. You know, as long as everything's running great, just do things the respawn way. Um, and then since then, uh, we launched Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order last fall, which was great, and then uh, an Apex Legends uh, about a year and change ago.
2: Yeah, which has been huge. You got, Apex has had a big twelve months, right? I mean, it's a-
0: yeah. We had a we had a really shocking launch, right? So we did um, a sort of a Beyonce moment with the game, where we didn't tell anybody <laughs> about it. Um, it had been in development for a few years, um, and then we basically showed the press on Saturday, and then it was live on Monday, um, and the game just kind of came out. So, and the fact that it was free and from the, the team that made Titanfall you know, there was really a low barrier to entry for people to say like, why not give it a try? Right. right. So we had massive numbers off the rip. Um, and then, you know, obviously over time, everyone's going to take your free sample at Costco, but eventually you're going to dialed into your core audience and the people who like want to play every day or every week. And, um, and that's where we've been, you know, since last spring, we've just been slowly gaining more and more momentum from our core audience.
2: Yeah. It seems to, it seems to have picked up some significant momentum, which is massively uh, impressive. Congrats yeah. To you, the each,
0: so we're doing something interesting, which is like, we're, we're cramming kind of these like larger come almost comic book or movie grade story into a, a free first person shooter. Right. Um, and that's largely not really been done before. So we're finding people are really, uh, really attached to our characters and our world and the dynamics between those characters, right? So that's something that no other real game in our space is doing it quite that way. Um, and people were really, really digging it, so.
2: So being the uh, User Experience League, what does that mean in re- as it relates to the gameplay and the narrative? What, what, is it, what, is that, uh, what bookends the area of your responsibility?
0: Sure, so um, essentially the easiest way to sum it up is that anything that is a two dimensional image in the game pretty much has to go through me or my team and my artists, right? So that's from like the little ammo counters on the guns to what the map looks like to the splash screens, the menus, the settings, all that stuff, right? Um, So what we find is because it's a free to play game with a seasonal content schedule, we have new features and new content constantly dropping on a regular schedule. So a lot of it is managing the madness of like We launched the game with six free characters. Now we're pushing 15 Right. So like over time, this interface and these menus have to scale and grow with all of the content we add and the new features and the new game modes and everything. So um, it's a lot yeah. of like chaos management.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it sa- sounds like it. So, um, as we move into uh, and that's, a, that's a, uh, to be honest with you, that sounds like a uh, a pretty substantial role. I mean, if you think about all of those flat elements within that game. Uh, that's, that's a hell of a lot, man. Uh, good, good job.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, also, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on like doing something really new in whatever game space we're playing with right like um, You know, we kind of came at Battle Royale was like a game mode that we really loved. Right. The throw everybody in a plane and get down to just one winner. Right. And kind of the, the Cardinal rule was like, when you die, you're out. And then we were like, no, that's not true. So we're putting respawning into the game. So you have a second chance to come in. And that was like every, that kind of like blew everyone's minds when they're like, Oh, I get a second chance. If my team is working well, this is really cool. So, when we're introducing all those things, this is stuff people don't have any reference for. So a lot of my job is like, make it understandable at a glance, make it, you know, you, you get what you're supposed to do. You know, you hit X because X feels like the right button to hit. Right. So there's a lot of like a uh, reducing all the friction so that it all just kind of works.
2: So was owners, was owners borrowed your, uh, respawning, uh, element in, in, well, in that new platform. I mean,
0: right? I, well, um, I think about after a month after we put out our game, Fortnite added the respawn van. So yeah, and the then, van,
2: yeah.
0: and now the gulag is like a whole nother take on it, right? It's like, you can come back and there's a second chance, but like there's, there's some interesting stuff they're doing there. where like, your friends can buy you back out or yeah. if they die with the same time, they can give you Intel, right? There's a lot of cool little strategic bits that they're adding to it. But I think now we've seen Battle Royale you know, you're almost expected to have this like second chance mechanic now. So um.
2: it's interesting, isn't it? In gaming, because if you think about how, uh, you know, one movie will inspire other movie makers or, or a style of movie making might inspire another movie maker. We're we're seeing, we see a lot of that crossover happening in certainly some of these bigger free to play platforms, right? Where there's a common core understanding of how platform X works. Um, And then some of those features definitely might feature in platform Y and I I love seeing that how one is pushing the other and sort of elevating the game It's a fascinating time from that point of view right now Um, Let's move into the brand side of things something. I know that you're also very familiar with but how are you seeing or where are you seeing? um, And this doesn't have to be within apex. It can be anywhere within the space that you know so well But where are you seeing brands play a successful role in gaming and and how are you seeing them do it?
0: so I think Brands in general have had a really tricky time with games because the nature of games has kind of shifted over the past two decades, right? Um, where back in the day, it was, I'm I'm a generally young person. I want to go buy a game and I'm going to sit down at my television and I'm going to play it for 20, 40, 50 hours. And it's a it's a it's a single singular experience. The narrative is from the game designer and writer to me, and that's it, right? So How does a brand fit into that. I'm not really sure. No one really found a good angle there. Um, But what we've seen in the past kind of 10 years five years in earnest is games going online. um, Games becoming uh, Changing from a hobby to almost a sport right like there is a professional tier of gaming and that's like a valid thing across the board. So I think we've seen really solid brand interactions with games around esports because esports are such a simple model to, to follow, yeah. right? It's like sponsorship or, you know, play of the game or things like that. There's all these uh, analogs in uh, traditional sports that can be copied in esports. Um, so that seems like a really simple thing. And I've, I've seen a lot of that stuff be really effective. Um, you know, different sponsorships of teams, different sponsorships of tournaments, all that stuff can really drive up a lot of interest and can like put a nice brand against a very targeted demo. Right. Um, like you when you see like 50,000 people watched this first person shooter tournament, like you pretty much can peg exactly gender location and, and uh age bracket from just who's watching, you know, less and less over time, but it's, it's a pretty targeted demo. Um, I'd see like, and then once you get into the actual game game itself, Driving games, obviously, those are all licensed. Right. So if you want to drive an Acura in a driving game Acura, you got to strike that deal with them, right. Um, sports games are the same thing. You have to sign the, the rights to the franchise and all the player rosters and stuff. So that stuff is a little bit more formal. Um, but like consumer brands and stuff. It that's it's still really tricky.
2: Um, this th- is why that area interests me so much right now, because and actually one of the reasons that I propelled this podcast is that there's sort of alchemy happening especially with some of the consumer brands that organically you might not think well that there's a role right but and one of the things i've discussed with some of the other guests on this show has been how difficult it is to be authentic right it's easy enough to go along as a big stock yeah ford or uh, acura to go along to one of the driving games and say, all right, let's do a big deal and here's some renderings of the cars and you can put them in. And that's very traditional. There's traditional mechanics in how you do that. Right. Um, As opposed to something that we cited it in the past, but something like, you know, what Wendy's did with the, with the uh, frozen burgers in Fortnite. Right. Okay. You and I now how agencies work and there's a couple of young creatives that came up with this interesting little hack of that Fortnite platform. But um, you know, the Fortnite community as a whole embraced it because it was, they they knew how the platform worked and they knew how to play a role in that platform um how are you seeing or have you seen those types of engagements with respawn properties Has that been something that um you guys have leaned so, into or not so much
0: not not really i think we i mean we've done some stuff around esports um and we've done some stuff um you know all, all of essentially all of the things that respawn does are pretty tightly narrative consistent worlds. So br- bridging over a, like a, a real world brand into this fictional world feels off, right? We have mm-hmm. brands in the fictional world and they're all made up and they're all part of the story. Um, right. So it's really tricky to bridge that gap with a lot of, uh, with like the Titanfall and the apex world. Um, it wouldn't feel right to have Wendy's in apex because it's, a mm. it's, 250 years in the future, it's in the Outlands. All the corporations are different, right? It's, it's supposed to be. Um, right. So that part's really tricky. Um, but what I've seen is there's this, um, there's a concept from a book called um, The Great Good Place by Ray Oldenburg. Um, and he identifies that like modern society needs, you, you, you have you have your workplace, where you have your professional relationships, you have your family place, your home place, where you have your intimate relationships, but all all societies need this third place, right? This is frequently filled by the pubs in the UK, right? The barber shops in America, um, in you know, cafes. These are your places where you have social interactions with low stakes, no pressure of work, no familiar pressure, um, but you get to, hang out, you get to decompress, you get to be your authentic self, right? Um, And as the world digitizes more and more and everyone's online more and more, we have less and less of these third spaces in physical space. So what we're seeing is young gamers pulled this together in Minecraft. Minecraft became this amazing third place that people could, kids could hang out and have, you know, low stake social interactions. Then we saw Fortnite grow into that as well, right? Other games have done it pretty well. World of Warcraft did it, but Fortnite is probably right now the quintessential uh, third place, right? It's like kids between certain ages, 12 to 15 or something like that, they come home from school, they hang out with their friends in Fortnite. It's not that they're trying to accomplish something in Fortnite. It's not that they're there to play a story. It's a place to hang out. And I think those kinds of spaces, they're pretty new, uh, but those are the places that we're gonna see brands really find a great foothold, right? Like the the Travis Scott concert that just happened in Fortnite, phenomenal, right? Like it created this event that everybody wanted to hang out for and you hung out with your friends and you built memories around this very limited, very exclusive thing. And as a brand, that was a fantastic experience. Right, I expect to see way more of that. Right, um, yeah. more and more stuff around the. It's not part of the story. It's not part of a tournament for esports, but it's part of this open social space.
2: Yeah, that's that's a um, what a fascinating lens to look at that through. And it's interesting when you take away. As you were talking, I was thinking about this from a brand point of view. If you're a marketer and you take away the idea, as, as, as a marketer thinking about how to um, ingratiate your brand to a gaming community if you take away the platform for a minute and think about the third place as the idea how you would show up in an environment where people are congregating and they're not like you said they're not talking about work they're not really talking about family they're just taking that moment to decompress and probably just talk about whatever it is at the top of mind that might help you then think about where you show up and how you show up as a brand right you know we've had you know, in the last few couple of years, plenty of brands or some brands that have come along wanting to be in, we'll use Fortnite as an example, wanting to be in Fortnite. And candidly, it's almost it's it's not relevant for most brands, right? And that's hard for a lot of brands to get their head around. You and I know this, right? Usually, if you're a big brand and we dealt with we have worked with the biggest brands in the world. They, they, Well, they've got the money, right? So I've got the money. I mean, I can go and buy the spot in the Super Bowl or I can do the big out-of-home engagement. or I, I can sponsor the football team. But, and I know this firsthand with some of the big gaming platforms, you go, when you go to them as, a, as, a, as an agency, they, they, it's, it's not that they're rude. They're just uninterested, right? It isn't core to how they make money in many ways. It's not, they know it's not core to how their community behaves. But I do think putting that lens of a third place on it helps me reassess and helps me rethink actually about how you would show up authentically.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's from a game designer point of view, the things that I'm interested in hearing about from a brand is how can a brand, um, realistically create or, or work with a experience that is better because of that brand being there right? Like, um, you, like the Avengers Endgame promo that Marvel did with Fortnite, they threw Thanos in there and for what, five days you could play Thanos? Um, it, it wasn't a huge ad for the movie, it was just timely and all those players, those millions of players played games and said like, oh cool, Thanos is in here, I can goof around with that, right? So their gameplay benefited from it, they made unique experiences. It felt like it fit in world. It was just, you know, it was, that was, that was a nice tidy little package. Um, so you have to really look for more things like that, right? Like it's, if I were to say like, what's Charmin going to do in Apex? And I'm like, I don't know how that makes those million players the next hour have a better game, right? They, right. they get something they never had before, right? They experience something unique. Um, Maybe it's there. That's I mean, that's the creative challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, but But uh, yeah. yeah, it has to. I mean, it has to fit in. It has to feel natural, right?
2: So, uh, per the fact that we're both sitting in our homes right now, we, you know, we're we're in the middle of this uh, in in the middle of this thing, uh, or maybe maybe towards the end, we'll see. Not good. But um, how have you seen? I guess professionally, uh, and it's it's great to have an insider on this. But so professionally and personally as well, but have you seen the gaming world change i mean how have your own gaming habits changed and and where, what do you think this world's going to look like when we come out of this
0: i think we're we're just beginning to scratch the surface of these shared virtual worlds and these like big online communities of games like what we're seeing is you know coming from um, you know years on league of legends there's a, a big core of that audience they they wouldn't say they're gamers. They say they play League. Like mm-hmm. that they're they're not like messi- the core of that audience isn't hopping around from game to game as a new system comes out, as a new console comes out. Some of these some of these players have been playing for 8, 9, 10 years on a single account, right? It's like they're 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 not a gamer, they're a League player. And I think wow. we're going to see more and more fragmentation of that where people self-identify with a single world with a single set of IP and they just commit to it right that's gonna be a challenge more and more um you know you have a lot of games that come out that have like little or or no ip or something to relate to um and they're fun mechanically for a short period of time but then people churn out of them so i mm-hmm. think the target in game design is to how do you build these evergreen experiences right then that's that's really a challenge from a from a game design standpoint
2: do you see an apex um on platform, in game, um, do you see the type of community, and I know that, the, that there's a very different premise, but do you see the type of community that you referenced in something like a Fortnite? Do you think the same thing exists there in terms of you know yeah, guys think, hanging out for an hour?
0: I think um, Apex is a little tricky in the fact that we designed the game to really be about a team of three, right? Um, playing in a set of three is the perfect way to play the game the abilities all complement each other that way um and that works really great until you have a team of a set of four guys that you want to hang out with right after work or maybe it's just you and one other guy right so we're working through a lot of things around that around finding the right shape but yeah we definitely see patterns of like this same group of two or three people play together repeatedly every day. And it's like, it's a hobby. It's where they go to hang out. Um, I think you could expect more things from us that reinforce that, like this is a place you come frequently to hang out and more and more features around social aspects and things like that, right? Like the, we, we're gonna evolve the game to do more of those kinds of things.
2: Do you think we have on our hands in when it comes to Fortnite and certainly Apex, um, maybe Warzone. I mean, that do, remains to be seen. But do we have real franchise longevity in these things? It feels like we do. I think about Star Wars, right? You know, the first of those came out two years before I was born. And arguably, and you referenced the title, but it's still as it's certainly more valuable than it's ever been, but it's still as relevant as it's ever been. I mean, I, I feel like these games. And you, you hit on it early with the AAA games, like out of the box. Yes, you can update limited ability to do that. But in a platform and a world where you can push a change overnight and keep pace with what's happening, I feel like they're here to stay, right?
0: Yeah, I think the, the live service, I'm a personal huge believer in live service games. I think there's strengths and weaknesses to them, right? It's very hard to tell a really complete emotional story like the last of us like uncharted like titanfall 2 right um those those narrative experiences are so far almost impossible to do in a live service game we're i mean we're taking swings at it right we're trying to introduce story and narrative um in some interesting ways but the free-to-play nature of the game it becomes like the pickup basketball court in your neighborhood right it's like how do you tell an epic movie story at a pickup basketball court. It's like in little fragments and it, it's, it's very, very tricky. I don't think anyone's cracked that yet. So there are always people who are gonna wanna play these epic 40 hour adventures that the end they go, yes, that was amazing and the credits roll, right? Um, I find myself playing less and less of those games. Uh, I have less and less time for it. What I can do is I can throw 30 minutes in to play a couple rounds of Apex with my brother after work But I can't bring myself to put six hours against a huge, like long running RPG. Um, It just doesn't, it's not doesn't fit my lifestyle anymore. And I would, I would assume that Don't don't you have an unfair
2: advantage against your brother when it comes to Apex? I would feel like that doesn't feel like a very fair (laughs) play. You
0: would, you would think so. um, But unfortunately, I kind of say, um, you know, uh, the, I would draw to like just because I work at the NBA doesn't mean I can play You're, on yeah. that level. Right. Like it's that. like, um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm designing the game and I, I know a lot about the game. I know an obscene amount about that game and how it's made. Um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm not very good.
2: <laughs> it's, it's really funny because uh, you know, I play across a few, I'm playing a few different across a few different platforms right now. And I'm, you know, I'm deeply into it. I'm deeply into the world and I'm, deep, I'm deeply into, uh, into each of them. I know them intimately, but I get my ass handed to me almost every time, especially like on Warzone right now. I just, I, every time I drop in, I'm just getting smoked by, Yeah. you know, I imagine just some. Well, I mean, a, a lot it.
0: of that comes down to, um, you know, part, part of my job around thinking about the experience of games is, um, how do you, how do you let the dads play and not right. get ruined right i i want i want 12 year old kids who have this is who apex is their first serious competitive shooter to have a good experience i want the 22 year old esports professional to have a great experience and then i want the dads to have a good experience right so yeah. it there's a lot of stuff about like detecting skill and putting them into the right matchmaking buckets and you know there's there's lots of little things we can do to make it so that you don't just land and an eight year old 360 no scopes you and you go, why am I even playing this? Right?
2: Yeah. Takes me out every time. So, um, we're we're getting pretty close to time. I just wanted to, one of the things I, uh, one of the things I like to ask is if there's anything in the last couple of weeks that, uh, you you hit on Travis Scott, certainly Travis Scott's been a big one on here, but is there anything else that you've seen recently that's just you and it, it could well be a respawn thing that you've just thought, wow, that's interesting, that's impressive, that's a moment.
0: Well, I mean, I see as the Gen 5 consoles are coming out and Mm -hmm. we're starting to hear more and more features about what Microsoft's doing and what Sony's doing and by and large what's happening on PC and and even mobile, um, I see this huge movement towards platform agnostic play, especially for these more social games um, where it doesn't matter if you're on your phone or if you're on a computer or if you're on an Xbox, your friends are all there because that's the world that you wanna to connect to, right? And I'm seeing little little glimpses of, of cool stuff coming from Sony and Microsoft and some of their press announcements on like, you know, you buy a game for Xbox One and it'll run on the Xbox Series X, right? The same game will connect, everything works just out of the box. So it's, I, I see this uh, remove, removing of barriers from between platforms. Um, that I think is going to be really great for just just for gamers, right? It's going to be a nightmare for developers (laughs) because we have to make all that separate software all talk to each other. But if we can successfully get that out of the way and it's like this guy guy has a phone and this guy has an Xbox and this guy has a PlayStation and then their friend has a PC and they all just connect and it all just works, um, I think that's how you create these uh, magical spaces uh, that are really cool.
2: It's gonna be interesting seeing how the connected device thing plays out when it comes to, I mean, I don't know if you've ever played one of the, you know, something like a Fortnite on, the, on cell phone. I know there are people that specialize in it. It's really rough, right? It's so uh, it, it's, it blows my mind to think that you as an experienced designer has to think about how you take all of that, uh, uh, all of that detail and shrink it into, you know, it's very something hard. this big. that's that's wild good luck with that one bud uh (laughs) all right man listen um this has been great thank you um thank you uh, really for coming on i know you i know you're super busy right now with everything that's happening at apex um but this was massively insightful so i i want to thank uh aaron rutledge who is a user experience league uh at apex or on apex at respawn Yep. And my mate for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Cheers, bud.
0: See ya.
1: Okay. Now that is, uh, that's Aaron Rutledge. And I want to, I want to thank Aaron for coming on. Uh, you know, uh, dialing in from the West Coast, taking a minute out of his very busy day uh, to, to sit and talk to us about everything he's up to the work they're doing on Apex and the things they're doing at Respawn. I love talking to him. Uh, Takes me back a few years to when we used to get to work together and I always loved that too. So thank you Aaron for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We have uh, more folks like Aaron and no one's like Aaron but like similar to Aaron coming up in the next few weeks from various different platforms and in various different uh, roles, both on the brand and gaming side. So if you have questions or you want us to throw things out there, or discuss certain things, uh, then send us an email or, or find us on social media and you can fire those over to us. Um, like and subscribe. Make sure you get the notifications for uh, new shows coming out. Uh, I try and put these out once a week. Um, and in between, we have some smaller shows that we put out focused on the strategy of gaming and branding. Um, but I guess that's it. That's, that's the show for today. Um, the world's, the world's upside down right now in multiple ways. And uh, I, just, I just hope, you know, I hope you guys are being nice to each other and doing what you can to help um, support the change that the world needs to see. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to get too political, but I can't not address it. So, anyway, thank you for joining us. Again, if it's your first time joining, come back next week. If you've been here already, thank you. I really appreciate it. It means a lot we'll see you next time on the campaign mode podcast thank you guys